Hello! My name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Weird OCs. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about original characters. The good, the bad, and self-insert. And today, we have two guests. Introduce Yay. yourselves, maybe not at the same time. <laughs> um, I'm Lindsay, I use she, her pronouns. I'm Ryan, I use he, him pronouns. Yes, we have two returning guests this time, listeners, which y'all saw already from the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> but I'm very excited because for today, we have a first on Wayward. We have one character who was made by two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. All my, We're making history out here. <laughs> yeah. One OC, two people. Yes. And even better because uh coming it's coming from siblings, which is also super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh Ryan, Lindsay, who are we talking about today? Uh we are talking about our hockey OC, Yuki Ichihara. And nice. I guess the world that we created for him called imaginatively king of the rank nice that is very like sports anime manga though so like nice yeah see it we we that is exactly what we were going for at least with that because like we (laughs) bounced ideas off because for the longest Mm -hmm. time we just referred to this whole thing as the hypothetical hockey anime yeah how (laughs) let's let's get into it how how did you two come up with that with with King of the Rink and Yuki and everything. Let's start at the beginning. Um, I think it was during like the initial Haikyuu hype. Mm-hmm. Probably about there. Yeah. Around there. Anime Club was still going, and I think mm-hmm. we had seen some sort of sports anime. It might have been Haikyuu. And we were like coming home or something and we're like, hey, what other sports out there like haven't real hasn't really been covered by anime? <laughs> Uh-huh. Let, let's let's go down the hit list here we have what has already been covered haikyuu got got volleyball ace of the diamond that's baseball captain subasa this soccer hajime uh, no ipo boxing uh, uh free on, swimming you're on ice. ice ice skating uh, free, uh, ice dance obviously and there's like two tennis points uh, of tennis. tennis there's a ping pong anime <laughs> Yeah, there's a ping pong anime. Ice Shield 20, well, American football. Like, we got Gridiron. the whole swath. Uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity 8 or whatever. Skate- skateboarding. Infinity, yes. Skateboarding. Uh, Princess Dry, it's a free-running anime. Like, parkour um, and stuff. But there's a glaring omission. Yes. Especially evident to you two. <laughs> Because we are Canadians. (laughs) There's a massive omission because Mm -hmm. there is no big hockey anime out there. Mm -hmm. And the only manga are like shoujo romance manga. See, I have an important question here, which is, did you two come up with, with King of the Rink before or after? Check, please. I oh, think... that was absolutely during it. Yeah, during. <laughs> yeah. Like, I Check Police was deep in it in its run at that point. 
Mm-hmm. When uh, we started thinking of this. A quick hashtag uh, non-spawn. If anyone is interested in uh, reading a graphic novel for free about the lives of uh, collegiate hockey in America, highly, I highly recommend checking out Check, Please, because uh, it's just phenomenal. Uh, Ngozi Nkazu has done such a great job with it. Excellent anyway, work. promo over. Back to King of the Rank. <laughs> yeah, so Check, Please is on our minds, and this whole like massive void that was hockey mm-hmm, was there. So mm-hmm. we're like, hey... So we know that Haikyuu managed to like increase interest in boys volleyball in Japan by about 14%. What would oh, happen nice. if there was like a popular hockey anime or yeah. hockey manga? So it kind of started from that and we mm-hmm. created Yuki, I think late at night in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, we were one of those like late night just we're just theory crafting stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those nights when you're just awake until 2 a.m. for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So we started off, like, Yuki starts off as a fairly standard shonen sports anime protagonist, but mm-hmm. he's going to get development. I swear. I swear he will. <laughs> <laughs> I swear on my bones he will. <laughs> No, you need those, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, you have a better way of explaining this. Okay, so (laughs) back in the day, you know, uh, the NHL was in its big expanding area of like, oh, we want to we want to have like exhibition preseason games Mm -hmm. all over the world. So Mm -hmm. they would have games in like China, Europe, uh, Europe and Japan. Okay, okay. So, our thought process is Yuki's parents, probably his father, working at some business, uh, mm-hmm. probably got tickets, because, uh, you know, corporations will get a lot of tickets from sports teams to Very fill true. out the stands. <laughs> Very so true. So, probably just, oh, well, got a bunch of extra tickets, take the family on a nice little uh, excursion to the ice hockey rink, mm-hmm. and that's where... Young baby Yuki sees hockey for the first time and is like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I want want to be that. Okay, now I have to ask, what was it that got Yuki into hockey? Was it it the high velocity action? Was it the loud noises? Was it the punching people? (laughs) Oh, this is '90s hockey. We're talking late '90s hockey, so there was a lot of punching. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say knowing that he is such a good boy, it's probably the athleticism being, dis- or he would say the athleticism being displayed and the sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sportsmanship. <laughs> it's actually a lot more sportsmanlike at the Olympic and uh, junior international level. Oh, I I absolutely believe that when, yeah. <laughs> especially because um, w- it feels like when you are interacting with uh teams from outside of the country and fights on the rink could result in um international concerns. There's probably a lot less brawling, <laughs> except in the seventies. Oh yeah, they'll they'll kill each other then. <laughs> uh, go if if you're curious, go look up the punch up and peace Denis. So, 
like f- fun fact about me here that I'm just gonna like get out of the way is that like out of the out of professional sports that are widely available to watch, I think that hockey is my favorite. Mostly because the rules are generally pretty clear to understand, unlike in football or in soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the action is generally pretty easy to follow. Mm-hmm. And everyone just has a lot of fun. And also uh, the blues. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So I think we were talking about uh, how... Yuki got into hockey. Yes. So the next thing that happened was Yuki's older brother, Mamoru, uh, mm-hmm. notices that Yuki's really responding when responding to hockey games whenever they come on the TV when he's like flipping through a bunch of sports channels. Mm-hmm. And so Mamoru saves his allowance over the next few months and buys Yuki his first pair of skates for his birthday. Aww. Those are expensive. Yes, especially for little kids. They're mm-hmm. surprisingly mm-hmm. expensive. Because they grew out of them so fast, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is also 90, well, early 2000s Japan, so his parents mm-hmm. think, oh, he's going to be a figure skater, because he actually turns out to be a natural at skating. Oh, nice. Yeah, and figure skating is a way bigger thing in Japan than it is here in Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe it. I, when I feel like a lot of japan's interest in athletics is not only in the athleticism but also like the visual aesthetics like ice dancing is like the perfect meld i feel like yeah it's like the perfect meld of ice of uh athletic expression is what i is what i like to call it Mm-hmm. like it's so beautiful to watch and also have a soft place in our hearts for it because we're not from a big skating family but like our mom did a lot of figure skating. Oh, she went nice. to competitions. Yeah, cool. Yes, and like both of us know how to skate. Like that—that that yeah. was mm-hmm. kind of drilled into us. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. our mom said explicitly. Like one of the first things she wanted us to learn when we were old enough was skating and swimming. So nice. Mm-hmm. So the thing with Yuki and skating. Is that mm-hmm. as he grew, first it was found that he was a bit too fast for figure skating. Mm-hmm. So they decide to maybe have him try out speed skating, and he does. Yeah, he does great. Like he is a fast kid. Yeah, but then he starts bulking up. <laughs> <He's> too big. <laughs> he big. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, he's actually kind of. Yeah, he was a bit too bulky and heavy for speed skating, so that leaves hockey. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we've tried all other ice-related sports. I guess you're going to have to be a hockey player, son. Yep. Not that he minded. It's what he wanted anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one he was always kind of like pushing for, but they're like, oh, we'll try this first. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, all right. Yeah. So it's like joining the youth hockey club and then high school. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because all sports anime happens in high school. It, yeah. By law, it has <laughs> yes. to happen in high school. And this is going to be like set in a world where I guess ice hockey is a bit more popular in Japan. So like 
it's more justifiable for us to say, like, almost every school in the area has, like, a decent hockey team or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like the predictive interest. Like, I think you'd mentioned earlier about how, like, oh, Haikyuu caused a surge in interest in playing volleyball. It's like, well... Mm, excuse me. It's like, well, uh, King of the Rink would cause a surge in playing ice hockey. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> yeah, Ideally. yeah. It is, like, listed as a growing sport in Japan, so, like... Oh, good! No, maybe maybe striking while the iron is lukewarm? <laughs> Get in on the ground? Mm-hmm. As they say? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we get to high school. And Yuki yeah. has an English teacher from Canada. Uh-huh, uh-huh, because he's got to have a, a nice faculty and or adult mentor. Mm-hmm. So his name is Kyle Scott. He's from Gander, Newfoundland. And if this were an actual anime in the English dub, he has to be played by a Newfoundlander because that accent is just so... Intricate. Yes. And unique, like... <sighs> <laughs> Anybody not from Newfoundland has a hard time replicating that accent mm-hmm. to the point that it's its own dialect. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Kyle Scott was also a hockey player back in the day until an accident left his back badly injured. Ah, okay. Okay. Yes. So he might not be able to play, but he's still got all the passion. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, Ryan, you want to take over for a bit? Oh, what, what parts do you want me to take over about? Like, uh... I mean, I don't want to do all the talking. <laughs> how about how about this question, then? Um, so, since you mentioned that uh, Yuki uh, had previously played for, uh, for, a, for a youth hockey team in the area... Do they have to do the, the, the shonen sports anime thing of... We have to assemble a team. We have to have auditions. And hey, <laughs> misfit best friend, you audition too and uncover a hidden talent in the sport. <laughs> bring me, bring me your nerds, your jocks, <laughs> your school outcasts. <laughs> I I did in uh in in my head that uh Yuki's neighbors, he's neighbors with uh two other uh players. On mm-hmm. one one playing for the boys team, one playing for the girls team. Uh, that being uh, the goaltender on uh, the boys team, uh, Kenta uh, Umeda, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the defensemen on the uh, the girls team, uh, Naoko Kozu. Okay, so was this going to be a co-ed team or? Well, when we initially came up with this, it was a co-ed team because we're like maybe the school just does not have enough interest in either like all the boys, all the girls to have their own separate teams. So they probably have a co-ed team, but I think Ryan eventually created two separate boys and girls teams. Yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of wanted to, uh, really, really kind of, Oh my God. My words are failing me here. (laughs) Uh, I really wanted to, like, showcase uh, both boys and girls hockey to their fullest extents. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. both are such, you know, 
they're their own beasts in their own rights. So in order mm-hmm. to fully show that, I want I wanted to have like the boys team, the girls team, but like they practice together. Because like the same school, you know, we only got so much time on the ice, so we may as well practice together at the same time. Yeah. That makes sense. I want nobody looking down on women's hockey. Holy moly. Those those ladies can freaking play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. I absolutely believe it. Yes. So I feel like it's the same kind of it's the same kind of like differences as it is between like like water polo. There there's no good way to like phrase it in a gender neutral way. The the men the men the team that is mostly uh that is mostly done by people who are assigned male at birth, the AMAB team. <laughs> uh, they are like, like, yeah, you know, they're fierce competitors and stuff, but like the AFAB team in water polo is usually playing a lot dirtier. Yeah. That was the Scrappy. same. <laughs> um, at one high school I went to with the rugby teams, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. AFAB team regularly got into like the, to like the provincial and national tournaments and uh they were scary <laughs> i believe yeah, it that's become... <laughs> so does that kind of dynamic then carry over into the into the amab and athab hockey teams i believe so yeah that's usually what happens in a lot of especially high school sports it just seems like the afab team is um mm-hmm. a lot more willing to do certain things yeah like one of the things that we came up with is that Yuki goes to a high school mm-hmm. that had a like they were being set up for being a very good hockey school creating something of a dynasty and then it kind of fell apart okay okay yeah i got i wrote a whole history on the <laughs> school itself and it's like Ooh. hockey team dating back from like the 70s when they started their hockey programs all the way up till now interesting okay okay uh, let me just let me just find that yeah. yeah i would love to hear excerpts <laughs> so yeah like the 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 school he goes to ishikari high uh like they started in 72 and then they brought in in 1988 a, a american coach uh, mm-hmm. who was also, of course, got to be the English teacher, uh, who brought them to national level success. And then in like uh, 1993, they actually won the whole national championship and then made a finals appearance the next year, but didn't win. And then a couple years later, they got knocked down the quarterfinals through some controversy uh, and then eventually the the coach left, and it was just kind of this period of mediocreness to straight up, this team's not good, and the yeah. program just falls off the cliff. Mm-hmm. So about yeah. the time of the arrival of Yuki and our head coach Kyle Scott, the program for the boys' team is just on its last legs. Yeah, like I yeah. think one of our plot points was that it was on the verge of being cut altogether. Okay. Gotta have those so, stakes. Gotta have those glee yeah. stakes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have to win the big championship game or else you get disqualified and disbanded. 
So yeah, literally this program is fighting for its existence mm-hmm. in this case. Yuki's big thing is to like help bring in new characters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and new people into the team. Um, I think we had a whole thing where they managed to poach someone from the kendo club and that causes some controversy at the school. Yeah. That, uh, that, that causes a rivalry between the cocky club and the kendo club. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit about uh, some of the other players that uh, Yuki and Mr. Scott recruit to the team. Let's see. There was. So I got a, I, got, I got some stuff here. Um, for that, because uh, when uh, when the when the when the season starts, like they have to recruit three more players mm-hmm. to the boys' team at least. The girls' team is set; they they got all the players they need. But the boys' team, we're, we we need three more guys, and then we're mm-hmm. then we're good to go. Or else we're we're done for the year, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, the uh, the team captain uh, Tetsuya Tanaka uh, recruits the uh, the juniors, the newest players on the team, to uh, go find three guys to rope them in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. a test to see if these guys are like willing to do everything it takes to uh, keep this program alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being Yuki, his a uh, I, I guess we'll say this. His best friend Kenta, yeah. uh, the gold, the goaltender who he managed to rope in years and years ago into hockey. He was kind of like this small kid, like very small, mm-hmm. but he's all right. He's a decent little goaltender, so he gets the job done. He's looking to be the backup here. Nice. And then another student, uh, Juro, and they gotta go find three more players. Yeah. Uh, so Juro recruits uh, Hayate Miyazaki because uh, he found out that Hayate used to play until he broke his arm when he was like 10 and his parents don't want him to play anymore. They got scared by that. It's like, oh, no, ah. a baby boy. So, he's, so Hayate joins, but he, he can't let his parents know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just going to say hockey. like, oh, I, I joined the, the, the culture club. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind the bruises on my arm <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I totally didn't fracture my arm and had to like use electrical tape to keep it together oh no yeah. that's a that's a tale of something that straight up happened to our father yeah <laughs> <laughs> though he fractured his arm in a dumber fashion much dumber. yeah yeah uh, little Kenta recruits class delinquent, uh, Fujiwara. Uh, uh-huh. and th- this guy, this is, this is the character we talked about that, like, he just talks all sorts of trash. He has mm-hmm. a mouth on him. Mm-hmm. Chirping game on point. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't see that kind of character in any other show, like, ever. Like, any sort of trash talking is just, like, just a little mm-hmm. bit. Not a character whose whole deal is just nonstop in your face. Like, there's a quote <laughs> I, that stuck with me of, like, about Matthew Barnaby, uh, a known uh, kind of a kind of a pest hockey mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
If he could fight with his lips, he'd be the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what uh that's what uh Fujiwara is. He 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 just talks nonstop shit. Nice, nice. <laughs> So, and I guess he kind of played hockey, but, like, he never really took it that seriously. Like, that that wasn't the thing. He's just gonna... He, he's more interested in, like, making money. So, like, he, like, just, like, plays poker and stuff and cheats people out of money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, Yuki, remembering uh, that there was a really good defenseman he played against in junior high, uh, who... Went who is going to Ishikari, but joined the Kento Club, and that being Shotaro Mikami. Okay, okay. And Lindsay, did you say that Shotaro was like like came from a family that was like all Kendo every day, but like his interest was more in hockey? I think so. Or it might have been like because I was reading up about like the nature of Japanese clubs, and so. Unlike school clubs here in North America, where it's almost expected you join, it's ideal that you join a whole bunch because it looks mm-hmm. great on a resume or yeah. uh, university applications. In mm-hmm. Japan, from what I understand, you join one club and you stick with that club to the end of high school because it's meant to instill um, loyalty, discipline, and social, like, pro-social stuff that is going to be good when you get into your job in the future. Mm-hmm. Most likely mm-hmm. working for one of those massive corporations and being a salary man or a salary person. Yeah. So, to leave from one club to another is kind of a deal, especially when there is a bit of a hierarchy of prestige for mm-hmm. the different mm-hmm. clubs and any Japanese school worth its salt will have a kendo club. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of like I'm not saying they're the equivalent of the high school football team but kinda. They they occupy the same niche in education that the football team does in American high school, at least in pop culture. At least in pop culture. So yeah, poaching Shotaro was kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that, I can see that. Yeah. And given the sort of pressures that Shotaro probably lives under from his parents, it it's a point of drama that eventually gets resolved when it proves that no, no, Shotaro is better off with hockey. Yeah. 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 Very much. Like, there will be confrontations with the Kendo Club that usually involve, um, what's it called, Ryan, when you, uh, stop real fast and it creates that bit of ice? Is it just icing? Oh. Is it just icing? Oh, wait, no, that's, that's called giving someone a snow shower. Okay, snow shower. Where you, like, stop in front of them and you just, like, put a bunch of, put, put a bunch of ice on them. It's like a bunch of the ice dust. It, apparently, it's called a. Is it called a hockey stop? A hockey stop. I mean, I guess. I guess you could call it that. I did a Google for for skidding to a stop and spraying ice skating. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, the, the I guess that would be, like, the intention of just, like, normally stopping. If you're doing it to, like, get under someone's skin, then it would be a snow shower. You're, like, mm-hmm. doing that on, onto someone. Usually a goalie. Poor goalies. They get a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, the big things that are going to happen after the whole making of the team is the training of the team mm-hmm. and Kyle brings in his sister Jen who is also a hockey player Jen Scott yes Jen Scott oh my god I never realized that <laughs> it took I'm me sorry. so long I had to I had to how did we miss that I don't know <laughs> So anyway, it's the same kind of serendipity by the same reason that you are also technically a Power Ranger, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also the same kind of serendipity of us realizing that Lindsay named her cat Shadow. You know, like Shadow Cat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a tuxedo cat. It it was obvious it was an obvious name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jennifer Stonewall Jen. Scott was a goaltender <laughs> back when she was a member of uh, the Memorial Seahawks women's hockey team. Uh, Memorial University is the main university over in uh, Newfoundland. And the thing with Jen is that she had a promising career in whatever she got her degree in and also in hockey, but something petered out and she wound up becoming a hostess at a Boston pizza. I don't know if y'all have Boston pizza down in the States. We might, but I can get the vibe that you're going for. It's like if you got stuck working at a TGI Fridays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to TGI Fridays, where we have uh, where we have lukewarm attention and a forced fun atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta remember your flair. Oh. At least BP has the decency of just requiring the staff wear black. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. They know they don't want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, her entire introduction scene is her at the BPs. She gets the call Mm -hmm. from Kyle and he's like, hey, Jen, you want to like come over to Japan and teach hockey? And so unlike a lot of anime, we did... create a list of incidental music mm-hmm. and stuff we that we would like to soundtrack. play in the background okay like and show okay ops and eds listed yeah <laughs> oh my god we have a playlist so in this scene in the background you can hear the opening uh bars of independent woman by destiny's child as she's like <laughs> as like the camera zooms in <laughs> on her face and then like she rips off her apron and tells her boss off and if like, you know what if this is in if this is an anime she could just do the clothing tear reveal yes. and just tears it, tears it off and then there's immediately hockey pads underneath oh my god just <laughs> walking down the street in her goalie gear followed by the montage of plane land she's out yep, of school yep <laughs> <laughs> Took a red eye all the way to Tokyo. (laughs) (laughs) And then hopped on a train up to Sapporo. Ah, yes. Nice. So, yeah. Jen is a character. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under her likes, it is, um, she likes hockey. She cheers for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Blades. She plays ringette, which is a variation of a hockey that's often played by AFAB people. Uh, she likes pizza, whiskey sours, and trolling. She is the trolling coach. Ah, uh, so what I'm hearing is that Fujiwara has lots of things to learn from her. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you will be she knows me, what he is good for. She knows what he is good for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess you can say she's the physical embodiment of all of the Shamrockettes from Letterkenny. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, anybody listening who hasn't seen Letterkenny, watch Letterkenny. Duly noted. Duly noted. So, yeah. Uh, I guess the rest of the... Definitely the first season is pretty standard shonen anime sports mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. where it's like, you train, you practice, you have all of the various interpersonal drama as people work out certain stuff and then the tournament arcs and yeah yeah so ryan what happens in the first year so here's the deal that i love the idea of like sports anime and stuff the only problem i ever have is that we only ever see like the first year or, like, the first year is never ending until it is done, and then they'll do a time skip of the rest. Mm-hmm. It's like they're afraid to leave the senpais be- behind and bring in new characters. Yeah. So, in their first tournament, it, it's structured uh, where, like, they, they the, the schools will play, like, 20 games in, uh, in like, a... Uh, Round robin, and then that decides the seeding for the prefecture tournament. And then in the tournament, they just get knocked out. Ooh. In the, um, hold on, let me let me pull up the thing, the history. Yeah, they they go to the uh the I think it's the second round, and they just Beef they it. just get knocked out. Uh, yeah, they go they go to the corner finals. And they lose a very close one nothing game. They just weren't able. Tough. Yeah, yeah. It's a heartbreaker. So second year, the senpais have to leave, but we get new characters, and now Yuki and the second years get to be the senpai to the new kohai. Uh huh. Uh huh. And again, it's a lot of training, new interpersonal drama. And then we get to the tournament arc. And after a hard-fought battle in which Ishikari uh, battled back from a 0-2 oh, de- deficit to take the 3-2... Ryan, you you make this sound more, more smart than I do. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, Ishikari once again is making a run to the finals of the Prefecture Tournament. And they they battle, they get into a very close game in the uh in the finals of the tournament. Uh mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. uh they come all the way like they have a really bad start, go down two nothing, and then they take a three two lead into the third period. Yeah. 
Uh, but with seconds left on the clock in the third, uh, Aoyama High manages to tie it up. And in overtime, uh, a shot just happens to trickle past Kenta and just, yeah, again, over before you even reach the national game. Aww. And then 2014. The big year. So they've had heartbreaks. They've had to battle their way back up. We're also mm-hmm. going to... Are we going to throw in, like, an actual fight? We some... did have... I feel like you have to. <laughs> well, the thing is, with with this level of hockey, it's really discouraged. It's r- extremely discouraged in, like, high school hockey. Even here. Uh, like, fighting can result in, like, long... Some decent suspensions. Uh-huh. Um... So maybe we're not going to have on-ice fights. We, no, Lindsay, we did have one. Oh, yeah. That everything just kind of boiled over. Yes, because we based <laughs> it on that one fight that, was it Denver and Detroit? It, it was the uh, Colo- Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings. This was 97. This was the uh, fight night at the Joe Louis Arena. <laughs> And this was payback, and everyone was pissed. Jeez. Insane amount of violence here. They they were scraping so- blood off the ice. Like, it was extremely violent, but, uh... So, how did y'all adapt that into King of the Rink? So, the, the, the big difference in, especially in collegiate hockey, is that you wear the birdcage. You know, the full face mask with the, the, the metal face mask. Mm-hmm. So, the wires, yeah. Yeah, so someone's probably not going to have their face smashed in. And that obviously makes fighting a bit harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we have an incident where Yuki, at this, like, at this point, Yuki's known for being probably, arguably, the best player on the team. He's kind of like their golden child. And this, his rival, this big kid from uh, the, the other school, Aoyama High, Yusuke Ito, just runs him into the boards and Yuki's just on the ice. He's out. Oh, He's out no. cold. Oh, and that's no. the bonding moment where his captain, Tetsuya, is just like, he just jumps on this guy and just starts like, wailing on him yeah tries to like rip his helmet off just starts punching him and that leads leads to one thing and another thing and the whole the the, the there's a whole line brawl because mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. is fighting a and line the coaches brawl. are yelling the coaches are yelling at each other <laughs> the the players are all yelling at each other just the parents are yelling at each other <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It just devolves from there. Uh, and I I remember specifically, because we, because, of course, music has to play for this. So, <laughs> when Yuki gets checked into the into the boards and he's out, that's when uh, the hockey song starts playing by, by Stompin' Stomp Tom, Tom Carners. Carners. It has this so very you just hear iconic Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. 
And just that's where, <laughs> that's the part where Tetsuya just jumps on this guy and starts wailing on him. But then to this also take a, a page out of Friday Night Lights, the best collegiate uh, sports show ever. Ever. Kyle Scott is not impressed by this and punishes the hockey team by having them ride home in their hockey gear. Ah, <laughs> very smelly. They they were probably going to be doing some bag skates the next day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But because like we did, do, we do have yeah. listed. Kyle does not like fighting. He is not a fighter and does not want his players fighting. <laughs> he knows too many people who probably got a little. Uh, by fighting well some some light cte you know yeah 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 and i am gonna yeah. say that kyle's back injury wasn't hockey related it was outside it's just you know he knows what hockey can do to people um mm -hmm. anyway so what happens in this year is in the 2014 year is that Ishikari finally wins a, a championship. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another thing that I don't see often in a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the, the sports animes is our main characters actually, like, winning it all. And getting on top of the mountain. Like, I can only think of a handful of shows that actually, like, do it. They want their character. They show your char their characters actually winning something, mm -hmm. and for this show, like this is this would be quite the journey. You've watched people come and go, and at this point, you've been with some of these characters for a long time. So seeing them finally win and finally take down everyone would be like just yeah, feels super good. Yes, especially mm -hmm. after how many heartbreaks they've had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then 2015, it's mostly them defending this. But we have something special planned for Yuki. Because another thing that you do not see happen that often in shonen sports anime uh -huh. is the main protagonist continuing their career after high school. Yeah? Yes. So we're going to see Yuki go to Russia. Ooh, okay. We, how we have this is like during that national tournament, uh, there are scouts there from the US, from Canada, from Europe, from various countries in Europe like Sweden or the Czech Republic and Russia. Uh-huh. Home of the KHL. And everyone knows home of the KHL, the second largest uh, hockey league in the world. Mm -hmm. So... We have Yuki scouted by a Russian Russian team, AK Bars Kazan, and that's where we we would have to start making some deals. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. we have to ask Alexi Morozov and Gary Bettman, who's in charge of the NHL, if we could please get some licensing for this. We just need some licensing, guys. This will this will be huge. People <laughs> will want to wa watch your sport after watching this anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, AK Akbars is an actual team in Kazan, and they're actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even realize that until we were doing research and going like, "Oh, they're good." They're really good. 
they're a good team. Which that also makes it harder for Yuki to crack the lineup. This is where we start like we start pushing this character and we start seeing what he's made of. Cause at this point, in his whole hockey career, he's kind of been like viewed as the best player on his teams. He's always been like the top guy. Mm-hmm. But here he is he is this is the defense. buried <laughs> underground he he's not even close to the best because he's now playing with so, people who have lived and breathed hockey since they were very small children since they were born yes since yeah since they since they could walk they could skate yeah yeah so not only the culture shock of that of going from not Japan. only the culture shock of yeah going from japan to russia and like not just like oh saint petersburg the you know the the places that you think of when you think of russia saint petersburg moscow and stuff Mm -hmm. no you're you're in kazan beautiful city like looking from the photos but also that's kind of in there that's like in there Mm mm-hmm and he's only going to be one of five non-Russians on this team because there's actual <laughs> rules within the KHL. All the Russian teams have to have majority Russian players, and there's only yeah. five slots for non-Russian players. Oh wow! Yeah, they are very strict about those rules. There, there's there's import rules. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Yuki is the only Japanese person on this team. The other foreigners are a Canadian named. Justin Justin Bryant, who is going to be his mentor, and is a very different person from from uh, Kyle Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri the Czech and the two Swedes. I don't think we ever named the Swedes. <laughs> uh, I did actually name the Swedes <laughs> and Mr. Yuri the Czech. Uh, but like at the end of the day, the the two Swedes, Eric Wilkstrom and Sebastian Janssen, they're they're just the Swedes. They're yes. kind of a hive mind. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the big thing we had with Yuri the Czech was that he's the one who stole Yuki's razor blade at some point. Because they were on a winning streak uh. and it was tied to Yuki stopped shaving at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hockey players are superstitious. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, the season opener is him doing a, a video call with his family. And they don't say anything until his dad's like what the heck is on your face? And then you see Yuki's um, poor excuse of a mustache, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or or does he have a really good mustache and he just hates it? Uh, uh, he's growing a decent mustache at like 19, <laughs> which is like, oh my god, how? <laughs> yeah, the tea is real. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I hate this. Yuri the Czech stole the razor. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the Russia arc, I actually based a lot of it on a specific players like year in Russia. Yes. That being Ryan. There's Whitney. an article he wrote. You you can look this up. Uh it's on the uh the Players Tribune and uh Ryan Whitney, uh former NHLer. He he spent a year in Russia and he was like blown away by some of the stuff that happened. Yeah. 
and just just insanity half the time yeah and then there was like his first practice where they did where they skated around the where they did laps for how long about an hour an hour of laps at full speed and it's like he hadn't done that in years so he was just gassed and at this point also his knees are kind of shot so yeah because it's he he's he's an old he's like 38 or something so that's pretty old in hockey so in yuki's case like he starts out fine because he's still like a young 19 year old but even kyle never made them do laps for an hour yeah yeah and it the scene is just like Yuki, he's first keeping up, but then he slowly starts falling behind. And he everyone else is there there's probably a couple others who are just like, oh my god, this is and it's like the the rest of the imports are just like, oh my god, this <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one person but with him is probably Justin, because he's also an older hockey player. Um, what we have him as? He was um with the Boston. I think he Bruins. was near forty. Yeah, he was. He was with Boston and Tampa Bay, and he Dallas. does have a Stanley Cup ring. He he's got a ring. <laughs> That's his with, one uh, thing. With Boston specifically, it's like I I wasn't a starter, but I got a ring. <laughs> Anybody tries to argue, him, games to argue with this. him, he's like, I can't hear you over my Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I got my Stanley Cup ring in my ear. <laughs> uh, I love Patrick Waugh. Um, okay, um, real real quick, you guys. Uh, I don't know exactly how long we've been recording for, because I started my recording a little bit early. Um, but before we do, like, the wrap-up, uh, I want to kind of touch on, uh, how the two of you, as white Canadians, um, addressed setting, uh, Yuki's story in Japan, and, like, kind of, like, how, how you, how you kind of, like, are portraying, slash, like, what research you did into, like, Japanese culture and history and everything and how it would fit with hockey. Well, um, we tried our best, like, some of it was fairly naive of, like, hey, we're going to set it in in uh, Hokkaido because, like, that's the most northern island. It's the one that gets snow. Snow usually means winter sports. Um, But, like, what we tried to do... Like, we tried to delve into, like, what is, like, the average family life like? What are the usual expectations? And I think what we agreed upon is that if this were to become a thing, we would mostly step away as, like, the main creative people, aside from, like, general plot and character details, and mostly just be, like, trying to get the sponsorships and the and the licensing stuff and let actual mm-hmm. Japanese writers and animators work on like actually, you know, put the actual effort into portraying themselves and all that. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Like 
Yeah, I know it's kind of a big question. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't trying to like dump mm-hmm. dump it on y'all, but it's it's something that I feel like we probably should talk about at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I do know there are there's one theme that seems to be rather constant in uh in a lot of stuff. It's like this expectation of you you go to school, then you go to university, then you get your degree and then you go into whatever field it is uh that you want to and there's not a lot of wiggle room from what i've read uh about straying from that path uh into something that's a bit more unknown and in this case like becoming a pro hockey player would be pretty pretty ambitious like getting into professional sports in general across culture is a pretty ambitious thing Because you already have to have the talent there, and then you have to have the time and the money and the facilities to eventually get to that professional level. And different societies and different sports cultures cater to certain things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes getting into certain sports easier in certain situations. And unfortunately, hockey is one of the more expensive sports to get into because of the sheer amount of equipment that you need. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. the, and the yeah. facilities whereas something like soccer like it's a low ball and some shoes hell you don't even need the shoes yeah you could just have a ball made out of socks that's how pele became the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh we we do have like this theme of rebellion with yuki and wanting to you know commit to himself and yeah, take a yeah. chance he fully believes that he can he can do something no one else has done and he wanted to be the first guy to be born raised and trained in Japan make it all the way to the NHL mm-hmm. as a as a more of a not just as a goalie cuz there's been a, like two goalies uh who played like maybe a game in japan in uh in the nhl who are from japan Mm -hmm. but like with yuki his whole goal was to be i don't want to be there for one game i want to be the first one to make some noise there yeah in the nhl yeah like i think our opening scene is a flashboard prologue where you know he's being introduced at an NHL game because he will make it. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. I think how I had it framed was like it was it it would be like a it would be like a television broadcast, like your standard television broadcast of like uh of a NHL game and it's like going into the face off and there you see because uh, we have him drafted by the San Jose Sharks in the future. Yeah, yeah. You see him come into the face-off dot for his first game. Because he's a center. Uh-huh. We should say that his position is... Yeah, he, he plays center. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's in the middle of the ice, so he, nice, he, he nice. gets all the control of the play. Um, But yeah. Never really went into like how what kind of player he is. Yes. on the ice. You're the one who's better at describing him about like his influences can, and 
Okay, so I think one of the first things that we came up with was that he would be on the small-ish size side when it mm-hmm. came to hockey players. Yeah. Now, it should be said, hockey players aren't the giants that you think they are, except for Zdeno Chara. Yeah, it's yeah. a seven-foot-tall man. But uh, Yuki himself, he uh, we have him maxed out at five-foot-ten. Oh, so my. So that's, that's pretty small for a lot of hockey players. But that certainly does not stop them from being really good. So, like, size really doesn't matter. There's a guy with the Predators. I think he's 5'6". Oh, wow. Rocco Rocco Grimaldi. And he's just really good. (laughs) Yeah, like, the game has changed a lot over the years. Like, even, I would say, within the past 10 years that Mm -hmm. um, just skills overall are a lot more emphasized as opposed to just brute strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, Ryan, you're you're more of the um Yeah. So like subject matter actually. Yeah, you're right. you actually kinda hit hit it on the head there. Like the game has changed, rules have changed enough where the game has gone a lot faster, and that is like Yuki's strong asset is that he is fast and he has good hands. He can he his hands will keep up with his speed. So he can uh he creates openings and he's more of like a playmaker. In a sense, he's kind of like Kageyama from Haikyuu. Okay. He I... he's the setup guy. He is the guy who's gotcha. gonna set up the play for everyone else to like uh score on on, on the on the opposition. Okay. So okay. I I think that's a I think it's a more interesting take that like our main character is not the guy who's going to be scoring all the goals. Nor he's is going he to be a your hog. primary assist because he made a play. No, he he's all he's kind of like a Steve Nash of hockey, mm-hmm. where he doesn't shoot a lot, but when he does, it's pretty good. But most of the time, he's making openings to make for the play. everyone else to make the play. He's the guy who's going to make the play. Yeah, like, nice. In the Russia arc, what really gets him noticed by his team that gets him like kicked up to the front of the line, basically, uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. getting on on the ice, is he's on the ice. The puck is going one way, and most of the <clears throat> most of this uh, hockey players are going one way, and then he comes and just like a lightning bolt steals the puck, and like the cameras have to catch up to him. Mm-hmm. As he makes a goal. Nice. Yes. That's very good. It's also in Russia that we that he kinda has to redefine what kind of player he is. Cause like before yeah. he was like just this guy the setup man. He's he's the primary guy. But in Russia, he's playing mostly on the third and fourth line. So he's not getting a whole lot of ice time, so he has to find a new way to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's where he starts developing his defensive aspects of the game, where he's he's a guy who could just lock someone up. He he's gonna make sure like you're you put me out against the top guy on the other team. He's not getting anything. I will not let this guy have even a chance <laughs> to have any sort of room. He's gonna stick him to to him like glue. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that in turn is what gets him noticed by NHL scouts is like, well, he's got he's got all the abilities to be a good playmaker, 
but it's his defense that makes him valuable to teams. Nice. Best offense, etc., etc. Yes. So yeah, he gets to travel around Europe for a bit and travel around Russia, and it's also where he learns how to fight because uh, Justin Bryant <laughs> come, is there. He's the Canadian. He's like, yeah, I have experience playing in the NHL. It is a world of difference from what you're playing here in the KHL. Treasure mm-hmm. this. Yes. There's a difference yeah. between respectful hockey and fistfight hockey. <laughs> Those North American kids will beat the tar out of you. Yeah, so, like, Yuki in Russia just had, like, the first year, he's struggling to get ice time. He's going between leagues, the VHL and the MHL and the KHL, and is barely getting any ice time. So, obvious frustration, because he wants to be on the ice, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, second year, stuff starts going a bit better. It's a lot better this time. He's, you know, he feels a lot more confident in the first, like, 15 so games. And then we have a moment. Yeah. In which he, uh, he gets tangled up. Like, he's going into the boards and he gets tangled up with someone fighting for the puck. And he blows out his knee. Oh, no. So, this, that whole, so his season's just done. He, he he tore like his ACL, his MCL, his meniscus. Just yeah, there's there's no quick recovery from that. <laughs> like you gotta be pretty like some serious uh, rehab to uh, get back to that in any quick fashion, mm-hmm. which would be like half a year maybe if you're lucky. If you're really lucky, you tra- you're really lucky. So like that's where we we really start pushing him. Uh, of like, how do you recover from that? You mm-hmm. you just started feeling like you were gaining a groove, and then he just that's crushing. That's soul crushing almost. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's where we give the character some doubt in himself. Like, am I? Did I make the wrong choice? Am I doing the right thing here? Hmm. And like, do I even? bother going back because my contract's up this this was a contract year for me yeah and now i'm a free agent what's so, he do so we have him go back to japan and he meets up with some of with it with his friends who are now doing all sorts of different things and he decides to get the surgery and i think we have it so like one of the characters one of the older characters like actually went to medical school is now like a sports physiotherapist yeah. or something. Oh nice. So like that that's how he like start like regalvanizes like I'm gonna do everything in my power to get back to where I was. And like rehabs the knee all the way back to working full condition. strength to working condition so that he can get back on the ice and train for the next season. And it's also like out of high school that we have his brother, Mamoru, who, he was just like a salary man, but I guess we gave him a business degree. Yeah. Some form of business degree. Mm-hmm. And he decides to be Yuki's agent. So, Mamoru has to go and convince uh, Kazan to just give him even a PTO, a professional tryout, something, anything, a one-year deal, yeah. something. Just 
has to go and beg for a contract with this team that, you know, they gave him a chance and he was looking good, but how how well is he going to recover from this injury? You know, we're running a business here. So I think we have it so like he gets a tryout with Kazan again. And this time he makes good on it. And he good. earns his one year deal. And then through that year, he, you know, established himself as a really solid defensive player who puts up a few points, a decent amount of points for a young player. So we have him. So he he got in late and he wasn't, he was passed over for the first two years. And then finally he gets picked in the, in his, in his final year of eligibility. And he's not a first draft picked either. No, 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 no. He's drafted in like the fifth or sixth round. He gets the call in the middle of the night. Or was it his grandma who answered the phone? <laughs> yeah, we have it so his grandma answers the phone. <laughs> A sweet old lady. And it's and it's the coach or who who would be calling him? Uh probably the general manager. Okay. It's the GM. Who's like, is Yuki Ichihara home? She's like, Yuki! Gets him up, he's all groggy. Picks up the phone. Hello? And then gives the spiel, and Yuki probably just, you know, explodes with happiness. Yeah, yeah. Except, who does he actually go to for for in the, in the NHL first? Uh, we we have him going to San Jose. He's drafted by yeah, San Jose, but he doesn't play Sharks. for San Jose first. No, he he's got to go through the AHL. <laughs> uh, but also the East Coast Hockey League. They they start him off all the way down, and at that time when he gets drafted, uh, the ECHL team for the uh the Sharks is the Allen Americans, a team from Allen, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, culture shock. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Because he's deep in the heart of Texas. Clap, 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 clap. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, we have that song as as part of our playlist. Nice. Uh... So this is probably as good of a point as any uh, to kind of lead into the wrap-up. So uh, any last final bits of trivia that you want to toss out uh, before we lead to the last question? Um, Do we have any plans about what would happen if Yuki was on a team that that won the Stanley Cup? Um, I don't know, other than the fact that, like, as an NHL player, he he, he gets established, he's like a, he, he's a third liner, he, he's your, he's your lockdown guy, uh, so he gets traded around probably a couple times, but eventually does, you know, land on a team that happens to go on a run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I have it labeled down that he does at least have it. He, he's on, he won the Stanley Cup once. Uh, 
with some team in the future because I I can't predict what teams win the Stanley Cup in in the future. We have this kind of set in real time, so stuff yeah. can change. Absolutely. All the time things change everything. Yeah, so the major tradition is that hockey that team members are allowed to take the Stanley Cup to their hometown for a day. So Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. The cup gets to visit the main beer brewery and I think Ryan mentioned going on to like a local talk show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cuz like uh like you you, you have you seen videos of like uh just Japanese talk shows? Just how much different they are to like ones in North America? Yeah, yeah. I I just love the idea that <laughs> maybe they give the Stanley Cup a voice. Someone does a voiceover of the cup. <laughs> oh, cup chan. <laughs> Um, I think we were also planning, especially during the high school years, of throwing in, like, various stories from the history of hockey. Because, oh boy, the sport has an interesting history. It's got a lot. Yeah. I believe it. So, like, all of the various weird things that have happened to the Stanley Cup. It was once used as a planter for a photographer's mother's geraniums. That was back when the cup was still, like, an actual cup. <laughs> um, uh, I think we were gonna talk a bit about Maurice the Rocket Richard because he's probably one of the most famous players to have ever existed and is somewhat important to Canadian political history mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah talk about the Richard riot talk about that um, later. and just some other developments in hockey um, oh and then Let's see. A couple weeks ago, Ryan and I had a discussion about having actual uh, hockey uh, announcers and uh, and certain personalities come on to the anime to do voiceover work, mostly as Ooh, like be commentators. Fun. And Ryan, you had two picks. Uh. I guess my main main pick would be like, oh my god. Uh, my my main pick would be uh the oh words work with me. Uh, my main <laughs> pick uh would be Gary Thorne and Bill Clement because they worked the uh, uh NHL on ABC back in the day, and now it's coming back. So hopefully they get them back. That would be awesome. Screw NBC. <laughs> um, <laughs> or like Chris Cuthbert and whoever, because Chris Cuthbert is probably one of Candace Grace announcers. So like, hell yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Lindsay? Who's your uh, top cameo? Um, So mine is more of a local guy. Uh, Ron Peterson. Uh, he's actually most famous for being the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for years. Um, he's got a sports talk show on Facebook. Uh, and he's also doing 
uh, doing stuff with uh, our local hockey team, the Regina Pats. So, and oh, he's nice. got a great voice. Local local junior team, yeah. yeah. Rod Rod is uh Rod's one of the best. He's a uh, one one of my influences when it comes to wanting to go into radio. So mm-hmm. Rod Rod nice. was definitely a bit of an influence on me. So Aw. Yeah. Even if I don't agree with some of his opinions. What a homer. <laughs> Small C sports opinions, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Okay, I think this uh, is a good opportunity then uh, for the final question. So, Ryan and Lindsay, you don't have to say it at the same time, but I would like to hear why you each love Yuki so much. Well, I think I like I love Yuki because of how much growth and development he has gone through. Because, like, both Mm -hmm. in the story that we've created and also meta-wise, because honestly, there was a long period where he was just stock shonen protagonist. And then we were like, oh, (laughs) we have to really give him a personality. We do. Yeah. We we got, that's, he's gotta have something, right? (laughs) And I... I I almost think that during the same we're doing a bit of a disjustice. Like if we had more time, I'm sure we could explain it better. But like we only have so much time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But like the thing I like about him is that he's a bit of a blank slate, where we can kind of just take him wherever. Yeah. And just yeah. Insert him into whatever situation in, in terms of the hockey in terms of this great hockey world. And I feel like we could make we we might be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm 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 very glad to hear that, especially because Yuki has been a character in Y'all Stable for at least a decade at this point, <laughs> if I had to guess. <laughs> Not a decade, but like at least over four five or five years. years. We've been yeah, about five years since we like started like writing stuff down. Since wow. we were like, we originally just like we're just saying stuff and keeping it all in our heads. Like, we need to write this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, language. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That I can I can bleep that one out. That one's small enough. It's fine. So thank you both so much for coming on Wayward today to talk about Yuki and everyone involved in his journey. I really appreciated getting to hear about it. Yes, it was really. Fun. And also, I should probably. You know what? I got the playlist for all the music that we came up for the we'll series on way. Spotify. Just look up King of the Rank. Ooh, I will have to go look that up later and include it in the Wayward episode when this goes up. <laughs> <laughs> Could also send you just like a uh, a thing where uh, we, we got like listed all the. OPs, the EDs, the featured songs, just uh just uh we got it all. We got it all written down. Hey, look, whatever we whatever you two want to share is I am perfectly interested in. There's a lot Which of is really a weird good way to phrase that. In my opinion, really good music, especially Kanko. Yeah. Because whatever to promote Canadian artists, I I will do. <laughs> so that's a that's another thing. 
that this is all a ploy to really push Canadian artists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, before I forget, uh, y'all, uh, do you have, what do you have that you want to promote? Shout out. Where would you like to be found on the internet if you would like to be found? <laughs> <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media stuff from there. Um, <laughs> Good catch. Uh, I am also one half of Not If I Reboot You First, along with Tanner Vogelsang. You can follow us at Pod on Twitter. I am also the voice of Belle in Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. Ryan, I think it's your turn. <laughs> As for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vagabond Haunted. Yes, it has changed since the last time I was on here. Um, uh, I'm also the co-creator and co-host of Late Night Layover with my good buddy Raul, uh, where we just talk shop and stuff. Uh, and I'm also the voice of Julian on Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. Uh, Lindsay just said where you can find it. And also Late Night Layover is is at late layover uh mm-hmm. and also i stream i'm you gonna do. be streaming again i'm gonna be a big streamer again <laughs> um you can find that at twitch.tv slash haunted the vagabond nice <laughs> i got really hyped there. <laughs> that's okay that's okay i'm i'm really excited for saturday <laughs> good i'm glad Okay, uh, in that case, then it's time for me to do my outro. The Hump for Rebooted Seas is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by, is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. Uh, we can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or through the waywardocpod, nope, or, or at waywardocpod on Twitter. If you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows, we have a Discord server. And there should be a permalink available, uh, I think, through the Corner Podcast Network Twitter. Uh, But if you aren't able to find it, just message the show Twitter and we can get you set up. Uh, And current events blast. Please pay attention to the news as much as you can, um, as much as it's healthy for you. Uh, remember to, uh, call your, call your lawmakers and your representatives, uh, and always do your best to, uh, promote and encourage and uplift, uh, the people whose narratives are not necessarily the, uh, the ones that are the most promoted and witnessed in media. Uh, also, ACAB, <laughs> always. <laughs> Um, cause I can't say the full word on wayward. <laughs> um, the point, the point is there though. Yes. Yeah. ACAB. Um, and on a podcast, back to a podcasting note, uh, I am always looking for guests. If anyone is interested in talking about your original characters, uh, please feel free to drop me a line or I do also have, uh, the link to the Google form available on the wayward OC Twitter, uh, so if you're interested, please drop me a line. Let me know. Uh, I would love to talk to you about your OCs, especially because, uh, I am, I am 
doing my best to try and uh, promote having more diverse voices on the show because it I just because it's the right thing to do, you know. Um, mm. So if you know someone that's interested, uh, please feel free to send them our way or uh, let me know about them and then I can try and work on reaching out. Um, but of course, it's always helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice uh, and, and and share us with a friend because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So thank you all for listening. This has been Thumb for Rainbow Doses and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Okay, and before I stop my recording, before you guys stop your recordings, nope. I have a note here that I wrote down nope. during the recording, which is, is Glee a bad sports anime? <laughs> yes. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a very bad one, but it is. Evil, one might say. <laughs> Truly bringing society down one song at a time <laughs> you're not wrong trust like that I don't, I don't trust like that hi i'm katie i'm eva i'm kelly and i'm rave and this is you can't do that a brand new bi-weekly podcast about hockey from four women with more opinions than information and lots of feelings about the washington capitals now, Tom Wilson is a dreamboat. He's a big, big boy. Like, pure, grade-A beefcake. And he's got a good face. Soft in the lips area and a hard in the jaw. It's a great combo. Lush and pillowy are the words I would use. Yeah, that's a mouth you want to just, like, put some hard candies in. You just want to stuff it with marshmallows. Like, I want to see him play Chubby Bunny. So many marshmallows. My coworker Diane says, and I trust <laughs> Diane, Diane says it's all mental. That we as a as the United States just uh-huh. don't think of ourselves on the same level as the Canadians. Uh-huh. It's a confidence issue. Someone might get blocked by Alan May on Twitter. I don't <laughs> know. It could be anyone. Everybody who's been blocked by Alan May on Twitter, raise your hand. <laughs> it's half of oh, us. Oh, and Katie got blocked by Alan May on Twitter. We oh, got boy. blocked for the same thing, which was making fun of Zip and Stick. I was making fun of it with joy in my heart. So I think Alan May is a coward. If you can't withstand some barbs mm-hmm. about your silly word choice, then, like, what the <laughs> f*** are you in hockey for? Yep. Join us every other week for jokes, yelling, and inappropriate comments about the latest league headlines, player antics, and more. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or youcantdothatpod.com. I like that. I thought that was sensual. <laughs>